Three former Cougars get the call to go to the NFL Combine beginning at the end of this month. What does it mean for Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua? We're getting into that and also to your questions on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day every single day. We know we have a lot of options out there when it comes to your Cougar podcast needs, but thank you for taking the time to check out the show. Today's title sponsors are new friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And just a quick reminder that we are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as we are wont to do, we talk about the news of the day when it comes to BYU. And the big news yesterday, or I guess I should say today, is that three former Cougars have gotten the invitation to go to the NFL Scouting Combine coming up in Indianapolis, Indiana, beginning February 28th. And it goes from the end of this month, so the 28th through March 6th, a week-long process, guys showing up in Indianapolis get poked, prodded, uh, tested, interviewed. There's so many different things that go in to the NFL Combine experience, but it's a huge deal for Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua because all three of them being invited to this mean that the vast majority of teams across the NFL believe that they are of NFL draft caliber, if, that's, if that makes sense. We talked about this in the lead-up to the Senior Bowl as well, that 80, uh, 87% of Senior Bowl invitees uh, get, hear their name called in the next NFL draft. And obviously, a guy like Puka Nakua, uh, Cam Miller from the College Football and Pro Football Networks actually came on my radio station with DJ and PK and said that leading into the Senior Bowl, as I also talked about that Puka Nakua did not have a draftable grade going into the Senior Bowl. After his performance, though, at the Senior Bowl, as Cam mentioned, you can go uh, search out DJ and PK wherever you get your podcast and listen to the interview from last week. He said that Puka Nakua is firmly on NFL draft boards now. He's a day three guy, and very firmly he feels like, even just with the one day's worth of work he showed at the Senior Bowl, he believes Puka Nakua is getting that opportunity. And that's the thing about this, is this year the NFL Combine has invited 319 players, and obviously not 319 guys are going to get drafted drafted this year because only 259 selections are in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. So you're going to have 50, 60 some odd guys that go to the combine, not hear their name called in the NFL draft. And there will also be a few guys, I I don't know to call them stragglers, but different guys that pop out on a a pro day, whatever it might be. They're a guy that a team is just really, really a big believer in having watched them in one of these showcase events that they will draft having not seen them get invited to the NFL Combine, but it is still a huge deal for Jaron, uh, Blake, and Puka to be invited to go out there because you obviously have to run the on-field drills. Guys like Puka Nakua do the three-cone drill, uh, run routes, show his ability to catch passes, but also he's going to get measured, run the 40, and this goes for all of them. Blake Freeland and and Jaron Hall aren't accepted from this. That's the thing about this. They all have to put in the work when it comes to the NFL Combine, and they'll be training very intently for the next few weeks here to get ready ready for it. It's a big, big opportunity. It is the biggest NFL interview 
that exists out there. 200, uh, there should be 319 guys milling around with NFL GMs, head coaches. You can watch this on the NFL Network, and it's absolutely insane. They've actually moved it to primetime viewing for the 40-yard dash and some of these workouts when it comes to the on-field work because people tune into it in droves. Uh, yours truly, I'm a big, big fan of watching the NFL Combine. They call it the Underwear Olympics for a good reason because they're not actually wearing pads. They're not going full bore against the opposing teams. That, that's the other thing about this that kind of differentiates the combine from a thing like the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl has opportunities for guys to get interviewed by NFL teams, but also has full contact, one-on-one drills in full pads, letting teams see, okay, is this guy just simply an athlete when the pads are off, or is he a guy who actually can get it done when the heat is on, uh, so to say? So, this is a huge, huge deal for Jaron Hall. Obviously, he's going to have to go in and prove himself and have a better showing at the Combine than he did overall at the Senior Bowl. It felt like he rallied pretty nicely after the first day that he struggled down there in Mobile. Blake Freeland, uh, it sounded like he had a pretty solid week overall, but he's going to want to continue to improve on what he has shown so far in his workouts. And obviously, a guy like Puka Nakua, you got to continue to build on the flash and the, the, the sizzle that you uh, garnered at the Senior Bowl. So it's huge deal for all three of these guys. Does that mean these are the only three guys BYU probably gets drafted this year? I would say so. Uh, I felt like anybody who was invited to the postseason showcase events, including Harris Lachance, Christopher Brooks, uh, who else was invited? Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else if they were invited. But regardless, the other names that were out there when it came to the postseason events, they felt like guys who were much more of a long shot would have to latch on probably as an undrafted free agent or a tryout via NFL rookie minicamp and then make their way into the NFL that way. The other thing about this is this is not the end of the road for any of these former Cougars who have aspirations of playing in the NFL. The new rise of the USFL, the XFL, those are going to give opportunities for guys if they don't see their dreams immediately begin in the NFL to go out and show the NFL what they can do at one of those in the one of those other spring leagues. It's a, it's a hard road to go because you're not making the same amount of money as you would in, in an NFL uh, team. You're playing in an off time of year. How many NFL eyeballs are truly going to be on that? But it's an opportunity for guys like Harris Lachance and or Christopher Brooks, etc. on down the list. You can go Joe, Joe Tukuafu, uh, Gunnar Romney, etc. They're going to have to prove themselves uh, in this process. And the, the pro day for those guys is going to be exponentially more important than it would be for a guy like Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, or Blake Freeland, who have already been to the Senior Bowl and by that time will also have been uh, to the NFL Combine. So a big, big uh, opportunity for all three of the guys invited to the Combine here. It's yet another uh, kind of gold star next to Kalani Sitake's name. BYU has become a destination once again for NFL uh, draft hopefuls. Guys that want to go to the NFL, BYU can get you there. That's the thing about this is the, the, the era of BYU not being able to get anybody to the NFL seemingly is over. Kalani has embraced, if guys want to pursue the professional ranks, they can do that from here. We're still going to play good football here. We're going to welcome in all the NFL scouts that want to come and check it out. We're going to wine and dine and make sure that they feel welcome here. And we're going to make sure that the guys that have aspirations of playing professionally, we're going to give them every opportunity to do that. So this is a really, really good sign for the BYU football program. They're continually getting guys both draft ready, but also getting guys into the combine, into the senior bowl. And that will continue to yield benefits going into the Big 12. Because when you play against the top level, that's the thing about this is, 
BYU at times, there have been certain guys on BYU's roster when it comes to NFL talent evaluators that they have to essentially say, okay, how good is this kid really uh, compared to the level of competition that they're playing? They haven't been playing a true Power 5 schedule, and they will do that this fall. So anybody who essentially stands out this year for BYU, I'm thinking of guys potentially like a Keaton Slovis, uh, Aiden Robbins, Ben Bywater on the defense, uh, Eddie Heckard, the transfer in from Weber State at cornerback. They are going to have to prove themselves against some pretty elite talent when it comes to being members of the Big 12 Conference. And if they do that, that's going to give NFL talent evaluators saying, okay, I don't have any questions about this. They played against a Power 5 type schedule and they've proven they can play at that level. That's obviously going to continue to benefit BYU when it comes to the draft. But this is still a huge opportunity for the three guys headed to Indianapolis. I have aspirations of one day making the trip to Indianapolis. I've always wanted to eat the famous St. Elmo's Steakhouse, have that uh, shrimp cocktail. It's world famous for a reason I hear, but uh, one day I will make my way out to Indianapolis and take in the combine, but uh, looking forward to tracking all three of these guys throughout the NFL draft process leading up to the NFL draft uh, taking place in Kansas City in April. All right, coming up here in just a minute, it's your guys' time to shine. It is a Thursday. We talk about what you guys want to talk about on Thursdays with our mailbag edition of the podcast. We'll get to all of your comments, whatever you guys had for us via social media. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. have been a big partner of ours over the past few weeks since joining the network. The best part is this year, the only app you'll need at your Super Bowl party is our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new, if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy, and the best part is you can download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. What that is, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line to point spreads to any of the prop bets out there, the over-under on the national anthem length, all that type of stuff. A wardrobe malfunction during this halftime show, you can bet on anything when it comes to Super Bowl 57 with our friends at FanDuel. And the best part is the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly from FanDuel. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started there. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to check out one of our new podcasts on the Locked On College channel, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you know about the college hoops scene in one place. Hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time now to get to your guys' questions, and I think it's a big opportunity now uh, to talk about what's going on in BYU football. I had an email sent to me, and I'm, I'm pulling this up here actually on my phone, and it comes comes in uh, via... All right. It comes in via uh, Nate, who asked this. Nate says, Jake, uh, you've addressed this before, but have you heard anything new on the strength and conditioning front for BYU? Who they might have hired? Have they hired anybody? Essentially, he's just asking what's going on with strength and conditioning. Well, I haven't really dug around for it, but I got a little bit of an assist. Uh, was it yesterday? No, two days ago. On the zone, uh, uh, Chad Lewis, former BYU and NFL tight end, a guy uh, playing that played for the Philadelphia Eagles, etc., joined us to talk about his uh, experience 
experiences. But there were some questions, obviously, about BYU. And Spencer Reed is actually the son of a Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Andy Reed. He was hired last year at BYU uh, to be a part of the strength and conditioning staff. And what Chad said is that uh, Spencer Reed is now the director of BYU strength and conditioning. That, that was the terminology he used. Uh, and the way I understand it, after asking about that a little bit more, after I heard that from Chad, is that Spencer Reed, essentially, what I understand is he is kind of the day-to-day guy in the weight room working out with the players, uh, obviously giving them the workout plans, uh, tracking their fitness uh, goals, all the strength gains, all that stuff, their body fat percentage. He is doing the day-to-day nuts and bolts of this, but he has got help with this. Dr. Skyler Main, as well as Colby Claussen, the former BYU linebacker himself, they're a part of BYU Sports Science Department. They obviously are going to work hand-in-hand with strength and conditioning to make sure BYU's athletes in the football program are at their peak efficiency, peak athleticism, whatever you want to term it to be. And a guy like Skyler Maine is going to be very, very uh, involved with this. But it sounds like Spencer Reed essentially has ascended to the job that Nuu Tafisi uh, once held. Obviously, Nuu Tafisi and Justin McClure have uh, were dismissed earlier on in the offseason. So hopefully that answers your question, Nate. And I think a number of you out there have been wondering about that. But uh, that should address that. And like I said, uh, maybe at some point BYU will actually acknowledge this. We'll maybe have to ask Kalani Satake once spring ball begins uh, for more of a clarification on it, but the way I understand it is that Dr. Skyler Maine and Colby Clausen, uh, they're part of the sports science department, are now working hand-in-hand with Spencer Reed and the other strength and conditioning coaches. Essentially, uh, they're comprising the brain trust. They're going to run things. Obviously, sports science and strength and conditioning are two separate things, but they also they have to work in concert with one another to make sure that BYU's athletes are at the best level they can possibly be at. So, uh, Very cool stuff there. All right, next thing uh, coming up. Uh, Mandy Jones, BYU fan 2005 on Twitter, tweeted this. Which home game are you looking forward to most on the 2023 football schedule? Uh, Now, Mandy, I I will acknowledge this. I've said it once. I'll say it again. That Oklahoma home game for me is the end-all, be-all for BYU in 2023. But a sneaky good home game, in my mind, is Texas Tech. I think Joey McGuire, the head coach of Texas Tech, is building something really, really nice there in Lubbock. And the thing about this is is Texas Tech and BYU have only played one time in their respective football histories. 1940, and a Tech actually won that game 21-20. to uh, So what is that going to be? 83 years later, they'll finally rematch uh, in Provo. They played that game down there in Texas, if I recall correctly, but uh, I think that that Texas Tech game is a sneaky good one, but I still, Oklahoma to me, getting them in Provo is absolutely just huge I think for BYU. Uh, next question coming in, McKay Duffin. It's Stud Duffin. That's a great Twitter handle, McKay. Uh, thank you for weighing in. Your way too early prediction on the too deep along the defensive line. That's a very interesting one, McKay. Uh, I would say that I think Isaiah Banya is going to start at one defensive end spot along with Tyler Batty at the opposite defensive end. I'm assuming BYU is going to go with a four-man alignment at least uh, as their base alignment. So I think Tyler Batty at one end spot, Isaiah Banya at the other, where Banya is more of that hybrid, can be in a two-point stance or a three-point stance coming off the edge. Now on the interior, I think that Jackson Cravens is going to start for BYU at defensive tackle, barring something unforeseen. I-, I think he's a guy who has proven himself at Boise State. I think he's got all the tools to be a great guy for BYU on the interior of the defensive line. And then alongside him, I think, uh, at least in the early going of the season, so if you're asking me, this is Sam Houston State, I think that Caden Hawes will be your other starter at defensive tackle for BYU. Whether it's a nose tackle or defensive tackle, those are your two interior guys. Now at the backup positions, I think John Nelson is a defensive end backup for BYU. And then I also think that at the other end spot, you could see a number of other guys. But I'm going to actually place an early... 
wager on Isaiah Ice Isaiah or Ice Moa uh, maybe taking that spot at defensive end, kind of in that Isaiah Banyar role where he's that hybrid, uh, can stand up in a two point stance slash be a, a three a three point stance defensive end, just kind of depending on what BYU wants to do. Uh, I've got an early bet on Isaiah Moa uh, being in that spot. Now on the interior at defensive tackle, backing up both Cravens and Caden Haas, I will obviously uh, default to David Law too, the junior college all American who BYU signed in the signing day uh, ceremonies on February 1st and then I think it'll be a mixture of okay is Josh Larson able to come back from injury obviously he was lost early in the season last year due to a leg injury can Atunai Samahe really master uh, what he's been uh, not master but uh, recover from the numerous injuries that he's accumulated at his, during his time at BYU and step up there uh, I'm, uh, the other guy to pay attention to is Brooks Miley Brooks Miley has been a phenomenal football player when he was playing in high school down there at Pineview uh, sat out this past season due to a shoulder injury he suffered upon returning home over last summer and I think that if he's fully healthy Brooks Miley could make the move up the depth chart very quickly and it wouldn't surprise me by the way at the end of the season if potentially either Brooks Miley or David Latu is BYU starter at defensive tackle but if you're asking me for week one against Sam Houston State I think those are your four that's your two deep across the four defensive line spots but there are a number of other bodies along that defensive line the crazy thing about this is a guy like uh, Kelly Papinga as well as Sione Puha they have got a bevy of bodies in there on the defensive line. We'll see who they sort out as their favorites when it comes to spring ball and moving on into the summer, also into training camp. All right, next question. Nick Chadwick, you mentioned in an earlier podcast you wanted to go to the game at Kansas City. How about we do a Locked On Cougars fan meet and greet to see if Kansas City barbecue is truly king? Uh, My skills here in Saratoga Springs are pretty high class, so I'm excited. Now, Nick, I didn't know you lived in Saratoga Springs. I live in Saratoga Springs. Why and you? Why have you and I not actually met up in person, pulled out our Traegers, whatever smoker you happen to favor, I have a Traeger, and smoke some meat together? I think it'd be a fun thing to do, Nick. So hit me up. Uh, DM me. We'll see if we can work that out. But I would love to have a fan meet and greet. We'll have to see what we can do. I am uh, currently in the, what we call it, the planning stages of some travel this year for, for BYU. Uh, I'm hoping to go to uh, can, to Lawrence, Kansas uh, to watch BYU's first Big 12 game. I'm also planning, hopefully, to go to Texas in October, and I may make one other trip. I, I'm, I'm trying to plot if I want to go to Big 12 media days or if I want to go to another game this year. We'll see what happens. I think I'm going to make three trips this year. At least that's my plan as of current. And by the way, if you want to help out with that, I'm also always looking for sponsors to help uh, fund that venture. Uh, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Um, hit us up. Well, we got some good stuff we can help you guys out on that front with advertising and the like. But uh, it's the Help Jake Travel to Big 12 Country Fund. We'll just call it that. All right. Uh, next question. Our good friend Mojo weighing in. Uh, of course, uh, fi- uh, fighter pilot for the United States Air Force. Thank you for your services always, Mojo. You're the absolute best. It says, which road atmosphere are you most excited about in the new Big 12? I think I'll make it to West Virginia this year, which will be lit. Uh, Mojo is based on the East Coast with his uh, military assignment, and I'm really hoping to make it to Waco, Stillwater, and Lubbock in the future. Uh, now, West Virginia, I just I know the reputation of Morgantown is absolutely electric. Uh, there's, there's a place that they burn couches for fun. Uh, so, uh, I think Morgantown would be a fun one. Uh, it's one of the games, actually, uh, I'm considering making the trip to. If I trade off not going to Big 12 Media Days and go to a game, I may go to West Virginia in November. But, uh, I think that Waco will be a fun one at Baylor. I think that Stillwater, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, those fans, they're rabid. I think it'd be a fun one uh, to go to. I'm also looking forward to the to the new newcomers going to Cincinnati, going to UCF, going to Houston. These are fan bases just like BYU who are absolutely ecstatic to be parts of the Big 12. That means I think the fan uh, uh, just buy in 
will be greater, and that should lend itself to better road atmospheres. Uh, so I think that I would uh, include those. Lubbock, I've been to Lubbock. There's nothing to write home about Lubbock itself. I may I, at some point I probably have to go to Lubbock uh, to watch a game, but I just the, Lubbock the city itself. No offense, West Texas Lubbock. Oof. No, thank you. But, hey, uh, we'll have to see. All right, uh, final few questions here. And this one's actually a four-parter from our good friend Josh Glenn at the underscore Josh Glenn. says, should the news we got about Jaron and Puka not playing in the Senior Bowl give us cause for concern? I, I don't think so. I, I addressed this a little bit earlier this week. Uh, a lot of times when it comes to agents and obviously getting ready for the NFL draft, a lot of people out there are trying to protect their assets. And in this case, these are guys that have their bodies, they ha- that have had injuries, and speaking of Jaron and Puka. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think that they're just trying to monitor themselves. Uh, obviously, the NFL interactions, meeting with teams, interviews, uh, height, weight measurements, skill drills, those are more important than actually playing in any single get, uh, showcase event like the Senior Bowl was. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. Since so next one, uh, which BYU quarterback goes to the NFL playoffs first? Taysom, Zach, or Jaron? Well, are we counting Taysom truly as a quarterback? Because uh, he's now officially a tight end for the New Orleans Saints. But if you ask me of those three, if I had to bet on one of the three, it's Taysom. I, I think the New Orleans Saints could rebound uh, far quicker than the New York Jets. And I even know who, who Jaron's going to be playing for. And that's the other wild card. If Jaron gets drafted by a team that's a annual playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender, that could change the calculus here. But right now, I would say that Taysom is the most likely to make that run. Now, number three, are BYU women's sports more Big 12 ready than men's sports? As a whole across the board, I would say yes, actually. I think women's soccer, women's volleyball, they're going to compete very favorably, if not be outright uh, contenders for the Big 12 crown right away in the Big 12 conference. I think that BYU women's cross country, track and field will be also big players. Women's golf has had a little bit of an uptick here. Obviously, golf going up against a higher level competition is going to be up against a little bit. Uh, I don't necessarily know how to super well evaluate women's tennis and women's uh, swimming and dive, but uh, I think the BYU is actually in a pretty good spot women's uh, teams wise more so than I feel like men's are. And obviously we all know that the men's teams get more attention across the board, but at the same time, it, it's still, you gotta, you gotta obviously uh, expect that they're all going to have to take an uptick in terms of their overall output the recruiting prowess, all the different things they have to worry about. But I would I would assume that they would be more ready across the board, speaking of women's versus men's. But doesn't mean I'm any less excited to watch this Big 12 era unfold for the BYU Cougars. Now, the final question. This is a fun one to go out on. Josh adds this. Number four, pineapple belongs on pizza about as much as pepperoni does in a fruit salad, and I will not apologize. Josh, you're not wrong. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Uh, I've had many pizzas out there. I've had corn on pizza. By the way, in Taiwan... Corn pizza is actually like the the Hawaiian pizza out there in Taiwan. Corn pizza is better than pineapple on pizza. Pineapple is not meant to be on pizza. I just I just can't do it. I know a number of you out there will disagree with me. Feel free to at me. I'd love nothing more than the interactions with you guys, but I just I cannot do it. Pineapple, as, as I will reiterate with Josh, does not belong on pizza. All right. Coming up next, we look back at another a win for BYU and our look back at all the 155 independent games in BYU history. Actually, a very important game that kind of got BYU back on track uh, as they headed into the home stretch of the 2012 season. We'll get to that. We'll also take a quick look at BYU basketball playing 
playing in Pepperdine or at Pepperdine tonight down there uh, in Malibu for the very last time as members of the West Coast Conference. We'll talk about all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by one of our new sponsors here, a local sponsor, our friends over at Be Wearables. And I'm going to uh, throw, I'm going to, I forgot to put this shirt on before I started recording. I literally uh, grabbed it right before I started a uh, push record on this. But you see this right here. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if I can get this in the picture, that's a nice little shirt that has got uh, Don't Play Soccer on it. And that's what Be Wearables is all about, my friends. They are f- created uh, by a fan base out there. There's BYU, like they have a global fan base. Many of you live in different countries. BeWearables.co, it's a combination of beware and wearables, has collected real road signs from around the country that are just Plain out, sim- plain out, simply put, they're funny and turn them into shirts. The best part is if you squ- scratch your head and tilt your head a little bit, you'll discover that life is really funny. Each one of these designs is based on a real sign that is oddly funny. The best part is they come from literally all over the world. They're created by BYU alumni and fans. BeWearables.co converts those silly road signs into high-quality T-shirts, but also ha- can put them on hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, and more. They find hilarious signs from all over the world. And uh, Iceland, Southeast Asia, Brazil. I think the soccer one, if I recall correctly, came from Europe, I might have, or South America, I don't remember exactly, but regardless, BeWearables.co sells all the shirts through Amazon with fast free shipping, and the best part is I, I'm a big soccer fan, and this one made me chuckle because a lot of people will say, well Jake, why do you have a, a, just a can't play soccer shirt? It just it made me laugh. That's the thing, when I went and checked this out, Brad, who's the proprietor of BeWearables, it made me chuckle. That's why I ordered that shirt. So go order it. The best part is you also, if you have a sign that you like out there, they can make a custom design for you. That's the best part about BeWearables. So go to BeWearables.com that is Beware, A-B-L co to browse through the collection of funny designs and get started today. Once again, if you have a custom uh, sign out there that you'd like them to do, BeWearables can help you out with that. Talk to Brad. He'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. The best part is, as they say, life is funny, wear it. Excuse me. Life is funny, wear it. That's BeWearables.co. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show and being a part of it on a daily basis. It's so much fun to talk all things BYU. Now, uh, two quick notes before we go on today's show. BYU men's basketball is in action tonight for their final trip to Malibu as members of the West Coast Conference. Uh, Here's the thing about... uh, Pepperdine. They have got really good athletes. Maxwell Lewis is probably going to be an NFL lottery pick, but the fact that Pepperdine is 1-10 in, in conference is absolutely abysmal. I don't even know what they're doing uh, down there at Pepperdine. This should be a better team than they are, but regardless, this should be a good opportunity for BYU to get a win and then make the trip to Spokane to take on Gonzaga on Saturday, but Pepperdine has been a tough place for BYU in the past, and a guy like Maxwell Lewis and some of the other talent that uh, Pepperdine has on that roster, if they get hot, they can make things a little more interesting for BYU, but keep an eye on that one. It's, it's, it's one of those games that, on paper, it shouldn't be a contest, because like I said, Pepperdine's just playing out the string here, obviously, but BYU, they've made Pepperdine, that, that Malibu trip, a little more interesting than it should have been multiple times in their past. All right, before we go here, let's continue our look back at all 155 BYU games that they've played in their history. Uh, we're talking about a big game for BYU. We just talked yesterday about a very disappointing loss against the number 5-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. BYU was sitting at 4-4, four and four, had to make a long trip back to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech in the Yellow Jackets, and this was a game a week after BYU gave up 270 runs rushing yards. When you're going up against triple option offense, that's absolutely just a daunting prospect to think about. And I remember looking at this saying, okay, they can't stop uh, Notre Dame's rushing attack. What makes them think they're going to stop what Georgia Tech's got when they run the triple option almost exclusively under uh, then uh, their system they ran at Georgia Tech? Well, BYU's defense came out and stymied 
uh, Georgia Tech in this game. They did not allow a rushing or an offensive touchdown for Georgia Tech for the first time in more than two years. Uh, BYU's defense really rose to the occasion, bounced back in a big way on the road down there at Bobby Dodd Stadium. More importantly, this is the game uh, that I, I I call it the Jamal Williams breakout. That's the thing about this is B- Jamal Williams just absolutely burst onto the scene in this game. He had four touchdowns in this game, if any of you recall uh, what happened in this. Riley Nelson ended up passing uh, 19 of 28 for 204 yards, but more importantly, like I said, Jamal Williams, 28 carries, 107 yards, three touchdowns, and the other touchdown that Riley Nelson threw went to Jamal Williams, and it just, it kind of foreshadowed what Jamal Williams would ultimately become for BYU. It's fun to see him doing his thing in the NFL these days, had a career year this year for uh, Detroit, but all the way back in 2012, as a a 17-year-old freshman, here comes this kid out of uh, the IE down there in Southern California, Jamal Williams, and he burst onto the scene and just made everybody think, wow, what a find this young man was. And he, he absolutely was a find. He also added three receptions for 54 yards in this game. A very masterful performance because BYU puts it on Georgia Tech. 41-17 to was the final. Uh, BYU was up 24-14 uh, to at halftime, but in the second half just ran away with it and made it a little bit of a laugher as BYU improved to 5-4 and four on the season and got their season back on track in many ways in 2012. Uh, the back half of the 2012 season, uh, for those of you keeping track at home, they played five of their six home games in the essentially the first half of the season. Four of their last five games were on the road. Obviously, they had the road games at, uh, they went to, uh, no, excuse me, they had uh, Oregon State come to Provo, but then they had to go to Notre Dame, to Georgia Tech. They also had to finish out uh, with San Jose State, I believe, and there was one other game in there uh, I'm misremembering right now, but we're Regardless, it was a big win for BYU to get the season back on track and make Cougar fans just settle down a little bit. Because this 2012 team, as I talked about, the defense was one of those defenses that you feel like may have gotten wasted in many ways. But the way they dominated this Georgia Tech team, and Georgia Tech didn't turn out to be much of a, of a player in any way. They were 3-5 and five after this loss to BYU. But like I said, going into the game and having given up 270 rushing yards to Notre Dame, you're thinking, wow, can they really slow down a triple option attack? Well, that's exactly what they did did and Jamal Williams essentially took care of the rest and said guys I got this I'm going to put this on my back and we're just going to roll to a victory here so there you go Uh, we'll talk tomorrow more about the back half of that uh, season we'll continue to break that down I also have a very interesting list that was put out by the College Football Network the rankings of the projected starters in the Big 12 Conference where does Keaton Slovis uh, slot in in those rankings we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show and also get you ready for the weekend ahead a huge showdown at Gonzaga we'll have it all for you guys on a Friday edition of Locked on Cougars. That'll do it. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked on Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on everything Big 12 wise with Josh Neighbors in 30 minutes or less. Get that available wherever you get your podcast or catch it on YouTube as well. That'll do it for myself. Once again, thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.